Hi, this is Chris. Before I get into this episode, I just wanted to let you know that uh, some sensitive and potentially triggering topics do come up uh, very briefly, but I just want to give full disclosure in case that is something that uh, you, you may be sensitive to. Thank you. Hello, welcome back to The Tenth Man. It is Tuesday, March 10th. I have been off for a couple days this week. I actually had a cold over the weekend. Uh, Hopefully I don't sound horrible right now. I'm just getting over a cough. No, I don't have coronavirus, although I did call the advice nurse just to kind of go over my symptoms and everything, but I didn't have a fever and I didn't have shortness of breath, which are, are two of the big indicators, I guess, of the of the virus. But it does make for an interesting topic into something that I've been wanting to talk about. And uh, it's about just general hysteria and the way that we collectively respond to things. So I'll start off with saying right off the bat, I don't think that the coronavirus is a joke. I don't think that it is unwarranted for people to be concerned about it. It's clearly showing that it has impacted uh, several countries and the the, uh, rapidness of how it's happened and the proportion of deaths, uh, you know, percentage-wise of people that have gotten the disease is alarming. So I'm not saying anything about the coronavirus not being worthy of being something to be concerned about. But I did want to talk about our collective response in situations like this and also to kind of delineate between real things that are worthy of being concerned about and things that aren't worthy of being concerned about. And I'm kind of coming at this from two different sides. I've noticed that there's there's kind of two extreme sides in this situation. And again, I don't find myself on either of them necessarily. But one extreme side is, and we've seen it. I mean, this is part of what's making me talk about this right now. It's going and, and selling out all the sanitizers at the local store are gone. Breaking into cars to bust out a sanitizer buying condoms and wearing them on your fingers because there's no prophylactic gloves available and you're trying to protect your hands from germs. I mean, this is insane. Um, And then you have the other extreme, which is this is all a hype. There's no problem at all. You guys are all acting crazy. And I kind of feel like, to put it very generally here, you know, I'm not uh, not doing any statistical analysis or anything, but I feel like the same people that would be saying those things about the coronavirus are the same people that consider global warming a hoax. We got to get our shit together for our own environment or we're going to screw ourselves. And that's something that's very, very largely endorsed by the scientific community it's it's indisputable at this point to me it's not even a political issue but the point is there are still quite a lot of people who consider global warming a hoax now 
where I'm going with this is I find interesting that those people tend to find everything to be a hoax, right? I mean, global warming, even gun violence, the coronavirus, whatever new thing that we have. So I get the mentality, right? I'm a skeptic myself. That's kind of what the whole 10th man thing is. It's questioning information that comes in. But you can't just gloss over everything for your own convenience and just say, oh, well, that's not true. Surely I'd like the coronavirus to be overhyped and and not a danger at all. Um, Just like I'd like global warming to not actually be a thing. But what we want and what's reality are not always the same. So I think it's important to uh, not live in your own biased fictional version of reality where everything is hyped up and nothing is worthy of of your concern. Now, on the other side of it, I also don't think it's particularly helpful to panic in a, a widespread way for even real potential dangers. And part of that is I bring it back to myself, you know, on my own journey with my own mental health, with anxiety and depression you know, one of the things that I hear a lot is about not panicking, not taking things too seriously. Um, You handle your problems, but you don't necessarily freak out or panic about them. But that same mentality kind of flips on its back when it comes to these widespread things. And I I see the people that typically would be very level-headed in everyday problems suddenly panicking now, whereas I'm kind of on the other side of it. I I have my own anxieties, social anxieties, and uh, silly things that get me a little bit uh, struggling, but I don't have that with things like this. So you know, if we go back in history, there are things that definitely were a big hype and, and not worthy of any kind of panic. I mean, you know, things like Y2K, uh, the 2011 with Harold Camping and the, the rapture and the 2012, the Mayan calendar saying that we, it was going to be the end of the world. These are things that were very obviously a, a hoax. But then you take things like I mentioned, global warming and potentially the coronavirus, uh, again, the the rate at which it's progressing and the percentage of people that are dying that have it is a little alarming. Now, my issue here is that we're very inconsistent with what we panic about. And um, I, I think that the, the kind of the bottom line of what I'm getting at here is the the extreme steps that people are taking now for the coronavirus are really things that we should be doing anyway. And not not buying condoms and putting them on your fingers, okay? That's that's kind of out there. But washing your hands frequently, not coughing in people's faces, uh, not touching your face if you can help it, don't go to work if you're sick, don't sneeze on people, talk to your doctor if you think you're sick, etc., right? These are all things that we really should be employing anyway, but 
it's almost kind of gets in line with one of my other episodes um the symptom is not the problem the coronavirus while it is a problem obviously right now but what steps were not taken previously that got us to this point think back to something like the swine flu right 10 10 11 years ago 2009 we had the swine flu which uh, was estimated to have killed about 18,500 people and that was considered a pandemic at the time and of course 18,500 people that's that's a big deal uh, but for perspective right now as of march and flu season starts around uh, i think around october november so you're looking at a 5 6 month period uh, CDC has estimated that 20,000 people have died from the flu this season, okay? So in, in less than a five or six month period, and that's pretty standard, okay? Every year, typically, those are the types of numbers that you have dying of just the regular flu, the seasonal flu. And I mean, those people's lives are just as valuable as the 18,900 that died of uh, swine flu, Right. And just as valuable as the people that have died of the coronavirus. So what I'm getting at here is not that it's not worthy of concern, but this is evidence for why you should be taking care of yourself anyway, to where when this sort of thing happens, you're kind of just doing the same thing that you would have already been doing. So I have some of these concepts that are sort of in the middle of whether I think they're a real threat or if they're kind of a hype. Now, uh, gun violence, I've always been a very big proponent of uh, major gun control regulation and change in the, in the wake of these terrible tragedies that we've had at schools and nightclubs and churches over the years. And it clearly has gotten worse. Uh, we've got estimated around 33,000 people dying per year of gun violence. But the thing with that is I really feel like the, the quote panic and sort of widespread anxiety over gun violence tends to only really show itself right after a mass shooting. And to a large extent, I'm guilty of this myself because I, I will get into arguments with people sometimes uh, when a, something like this happens and inevitably the, the issue of gun control comes up. So I get that. And I probably could do more uh, personally to try to combat the, the efforts in, in combating gun violence. But the point is we, we tend to be very much reactionary in our choices of what we worry about. And I just find that we're not always very consistent the other statistic I found interesting, uh, along with the gun violence, 33,000 people dying per year, but on average, it typically ends up being about two-thirds of those are from suicides, which gets us into another uh, obviously terrible, tragic, uh, you could call it a pandemic as well in this country. Suicide takes... Uh, approximately, and again, I went over several different years, so I'm averaging it out, somewhere in the forty-five to 50,000 range of how many people die of suicide in this country every year. So that's also obviously a big issue. It's also related to mental health, and it's also related to just health in general. And of course, we could go down a whole, uh, whole different 
uh, set of uh, topics going off of that branch. I don't think that it's wrong to be concerned about the coronavirus. Uh, I know that I have my own fears. I have kids myself. And um, although fortunately it sounds like this is a, a virus that tends to affect older people more and uh, not children, actually. As far as I've heard, there haven't been any children uh, infected with it yet. What I'm kind of getting at here is I wish that people would take problems very seriously and take steps to try to fix them, but not wait until it's an emergency to start working on it. I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying that these things aren't deserving of concern, but again, I just find it interesting how this panic seems to arise when it's shown in our face. We have our normal set of tragedies, and then we have our occasional coronavirus. But if it's just all part of the plan, it's unfortunately that now even the mass gun deaths is just kind of becoming part of the plan. But, you know, suicide, seasonal flu, um, even traffic accidents like drunk driving. I mean, there's a countless list of just terrible, tragic uh, elements of life that see far more deaths than the rate of even flu or you know the coronavirus or whatnot. But they're just day to day now. They're not. And I guess I feel like we only really take serious steps when we're in that panic mode. And I don't want to be too cynical. I know there are people that, that are doing things a lot more than I'm doing to try to help with these other uh, tragic campaigns in this country. But I just wanted to put that thought out there. I definitely don't want to be preachy, but um, maybe, maybe try to employ the strategies that I employ for my own personal life uh, in terms of my own personal anxieties and uh, issues and kind of employ that out in the world instead of being in fear of it, what can we do to combat it? And maybe looking long-term, what are some things we could do to avoid this happening again? Maybe one of those things could be uh, electing people who are not going to cut the CDC in half with their funding uh, and then blame it on the previous president when the shit hits the fan because you cut the CDC. And then that's that's another topic for discussion in itself. Thanks a lot. And remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus.